Welcome on in, lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike. It's Bet on Lacrosse. We're back with a little afternoon delight edition of our live Twitter spaces we love to do here. It's quarterfinals weekend. We got the NLL playoffs continuing to roll on, and we got lines on PLL games already. I mean, not until June 4th is the uh, the face-off going to be beginning for the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League, and we already have lines, and we've already had substantial line movement in the PLL. That alone just gets me excited because that means people are paying attention to these markets. You, you know what I mean? Like, like it is no longer the little board on the back of the sports book that, oh, yeah, it has lacrosse on it, too. Like, we're getting line moves weeks out on games that, uh, you know, we don't even know who's going to be in in some cases. So we're excited to be here. I'm Dan Alexander, your host. We got the full crew with us again. Start off welcoming in the guys. We got Justin Byers, an FOS business writer. We got Pro Lacrosse Talk contributor Brian Andrews and Pro Lacrosse Talk host and Action Network producer Hutton Jackson. Justin? How was your week betting for the uh, the, the college uh, lacrosse slate? And obviously, how are you doing, my man? I can't complain one bit. This this past week was a little up and down, but nonetheless, we got some great lacrosse games. So it was a joy to watch and, and kind of kick back and see some of the, the best teams in the nation go at it. I had some luck kind of go my way, but I also got burned in a couple games by the hook in some cases. So we'll see how this week goes. We're, we're trying to build on what we already started. I feel you on getting burnt a little bit because now both of the futures that I held heading into the tournament, um, they're both dead. Had that Georgetown ticket when they got that two seed, felt real good about it. And before it ever even happened, also was got got by that Notre Dame ticket that they didn't even have a chance to maybe uh, make a little bit closer of a game. But we're not here to debate that. What's done is done. We're here to move forward. Brian Andrews also with us. Bri, I know you're excited about the NLL slate as well. Pretty cool. We got PLL lines and, of course, calls across action. How are you doing, brother? Good, man. Feeling a lot the same as uh, JB about last week. Got uh, some lucky hits and I got burned a couple times. Uh, it was exciting to see some live lines for the Cornell LSU game. I actually am, I took full advantage of that and saw Cornell wasn't doing so hot and cashed on that under, even though it was a lot of a sweat. Uh, and I made the huge mistake of uh, fading Delaware on the money line. So Georgetown in a parlay on the money line, I got a little burned. So hoping to recover a little bit this week. And I'm excited that we have so we have all three leagues to talk about. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what that. Uh... Georgetown, not only is it killing me on my future ticket, I too was the last leg of the parlay. Just win, Georgetown. All you got to do is win. I'm not laying the goals with you. I'm not that stupid, right? Incredible game plan by Delaware. Uh, what a win by them. And yes, the parlay buster of the week. I think everybody uh, who had any of those money line parlays going, uh, Georgetown was not our friend. We did, however, see some tickets from people out there who were bold enough to take Delaware on the money line. Kudos to you. I mean, that takes some cojones to say, yeah, you know, this team that has been up and down all year, you don't really see them having many marquee wins. Um, you know, yeah, you had a money line ticket on them. Damn, props to you. Because I, I was I was not – that wasn't even on my radar. How about you, Hutton? What were your takeaways from week one, and uh, how are you doing? And I know you're looking forward to this big slate that we have coming up. 
Yeah, RIP Georgetown Future as well here. Um, and they were minus a thousand favorites um, on the money line. I think Delaware was probably something around like plus 600. We saw Bet 365. They were even uh, larger fa- favorites on there. One of our uh, loyal listeners, Brad, got in on that. He got him at plus 1450. Um, so, you know, uh, that's a, a nice return, um, even if you're just a little sprinkle on that. So kudos to him. Um, for that. But yes, I was burned by Georgetown as well, um, which it kind of hurts me a little bit too, because we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I'm a New Jersey better. And if you're a Virginia or Jersey better, um, you actually can cash a futures bet with uh, a team from your state making it to the final. Since I can't bet on Princeton, I can't bet on Rutgers. If you're in Virginia, you can't bet on UVA. So we'll talk a little bit about that, how you can potentially play that to your advantage or how, you know, maybe you want to avoid um, if you can't find a, a play to your advantage. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, definitely, definitely bummed about Georgetown. Yeah. Good little tease right there. And yeah, you know, getting, getting home a 1450 ticket, like usually you have to scour, find a future, have the book, hold on to your money for, you know, any of those crazy long odds. So uh, yeah, big shout out to Brad. What a hit with that one. Always love it. Like, even when it's not me, I live vicariously through people when they have a big hit. Like, yeah, I'm sad that my future's done, but when somebody gets home a 1450, man, you got, you got to vicariously live through that. So what we're getting into this week, uh, we're actually going to start here. Um, we're so excited. The fact that we have PLL lines, we're actually going to start with maybe some look ahead PLL plays before we get into our best bets in NCAA action. We're also going to hear from some listeners along the way before we get into some NLL matchups to discuss. And we also have a double best bet in NLL action this weekend from our guys with pro lacrosse talk, Brian Andrews and Hutton Jackson. So full slate, full docket, uh, we're taking requests to hop in and join all along the way. Just hit that button and we'll try and get you in as quickly as we can, as we have uh, some business to take care of before that. I mean, I was just excited. We'll start here with the PLL full slate, full docket. Uh, we're taking requests to hop in and join all along the way. Just hit that button and we'll try and get you in as quickly as we can, as we have uh, some business to take care of before that. I mean, I was just excited. We'll start here with the PLL. I was pumped up when I was refreshing my app and in our Slack channel, you guys get the bat signal. We have PLL money lines, boys. And we were all like dissecting. I'm like, how can we get value on this? How can we get value on that? Well, it turns out one of the best values you could have had was getting the whips minus 110 on the money line as they're facing off against chaos in week one. And us who have been dialed in with the NLL lacrosse fans as well, kind of know the overlap, the major Venn diagram that is the Bandits and Chaos roster. Um, so, you know, right away, that perks your ears up because that's a historic matchup that's always been kind of a tight one whenever the Whips and the Chaos face off. And then we have in the back of our head, oh, yeah, Chaos also very likely will be missing a solid chunk of their roster when this game goes off at June 4th. So hopefully you jumped on and got that money line as quick as possible because the announcement comes out, 10 players move to the unable to travel list for Chaos. And a lot of those notable names like Josh Byrne, Chris Cloutier, Mac O'Keefe, and within moments, sportsbooks paying attention because boom, flip. Any of that value you wanted on the money line, gone, whips up to 185. Got to lay 1850 to bring 10 back on the money line. 
and now they're one and a half point favorites. Um, you know, I, I think I hope everybody else got in on uh, on that one ten while you were still able because that dried up pretty quickly. But um, following that, that's when the lines opened up. You know, you had totals, you had all this. So I think just on its surface, a very exciting thing that lines are up weeks in advance. Um, I also think there's some major money making opportunities if you are willing to tie your money up uh, for a couple weeks to to get an advantageous line or read what you might think the public's going to be doing in these PLL lines when they finally come around to being betting it. Cause they, there's not many people who are a recreational better who were eyeing those lines and, and tying up their money. You know, we're recreational betters in, in unit size, but as far as the, the, the ways that we go about it um, you know, we kind of use a little bit more professional tendencies and tying up your money is part of it. It's part of your bankroll management. So that's just some takeaways for me on the surface. I do have like a look ahead best bet. I'm wondering, JB, I'll start with you. When you scrolled through, not only how hype were you, but was there anything that just stood out that you were like, how am I not going to bet this three weeks ahead of time? Like, I, I got to get in on this. Yeah. You know, I'm really high on this Water Dogs team heading into this year. So as immediately as I saw the Water Dogs had an option to be favored and to take a, a minus one and a half spread, I was all over it. I just love what this team has to offer. They kind of hit their stride last year, and I think they kind of build it on it this year now that they have a little bit more cohesion with with guys being back and healthy. So, I, and I and I think they kind of took care of the holes that they had this uh, this off season as far as getting to the draft and taking care of the midfield and and getting a little bit more athletic there. I think that's going to pay dividends once the season opens up. So I'm all over the water dogs to get things started this PLL season. Yeah, and they're facing off against a Cannons team that will now be without Paul Rabel. You know, obviously we know what he did on the field, how that kind of, you know, started um, falling by the wayside a little bit, still an impact with what he brought to the locker room, you know, what he brought his intensity. So you're missing a a major leader. The Cannons have a lot of rebuilding to do. I I do think that this Water Dogs-Cannons matchup total sitting at 24 and a half. Um, I wouldn't play this uh, ahead of time because I don't think, you know, there's any value that's going to dry up on it. But I do think that could be a game that we're looking at one of the higher scoring games in week one, because I I think the water dogs have, you know, shown their ability to score cannons. were lucky that they kind of were able to find some more even footing there. But I just see this one as a, as a real, like even matchup. I'll probably sit it out, but I I understand why you feel like there's water on value or, or, you know, value on the water dogs because, don't forget, they they did end up with that final run at the end of the year to end up the one seed going into the playoffs. It didn't shake out maybe how they quite wanted to, but also heading into the year on several different sports books, the Water Dogs are still the odds-on favorite. So there is a major market support, um, and, and I think that there's uh, there's something to look at there. I, I don't know if anybody else, Brian, you have anything to add in on any of that um, any of that thoughts or Hutton either if you'd like to hop on on that Water Dogs Cannons matchup or anything else you're maybe eyeing. Yeah, I really like that pick uh, from JB, uh, particularly just from a matchup perspective, because uh, the Water Dogs really have nailed down what their faceoff strategy is, and they can be really dominant with it against a team that has traditionally struggled against it and have also struggled with defensive cohesiveness. So uh, the Water Dogs have a lot of potential to place and make it take it for long stretches of that game, and one and a half is a very tight window when you have the potential to uh, take advantage of that specific strategy. So if you're going to lose a lot of faceoffs, your defense really has to make up for it to keep that game close. So I think from a matchup perspective, that's a really good uh, 
that's a really good play. But I also agree with you, Dan, that I don't think value is going to dry up on that anytime soon. Yeah, I, I tend to agree too. I like the water dogs minus one and a half. Um, the only thing that I, I do want to, I think you should consider is if the mammoth do win this weekend and they advance to the championship, they'll be without Dylan Ward in cage. Um, I don't know if I hate the water dogs without Dylan Ward. I still think they're a good enough team to win um, even without him, you know, and Toluca's a, a capable goalie, but I think that would maybe make me lean towards that over 24 and a half uh, on the total, like you suggested, Dan. So I don't know if it really, the absence of Dylan Ward really affects my thoughts on, um, you know, and, and kind of in the catch 22 of that is Eli Gobrecht, one of their, you know, starting polls is on the seals. So if the seals advance, they're without Gobrecht if the mammoth advances without Ward. So kind of losing a key piece of that defense regardless. Um, but I think, you know, just knowing that the total is already, we already think it's going to be high. Uh, it's going to go over that total. Um, I think, you know, the absence of one of those guys leads me to believe that, um, you know, the over is a good spot, just considering that they could be without Ward or Gobrecht um, going into this uh, first three weeks of the season. Yeah. And I think, you know, those are probably, since it's not a notable 10 players, you know what I mean? That That's something that's not going to move either way. So I think you probably wait to find out who's going to be out and then maybe factor that in with how you're going to be attacking that total. Um, I, I think good points by you guys. Now, I, I wanted to switch over because we're both seeing the matchup between Atlas and Redwoods from the same side of the coin, but maybe attacking it from different ways. Atlas opened up minus one and a half point favorites, favorites on the money line as well. Um, it was actually an opportunity where you could have gotten the Redwoods plus 110. That's ticked down a little bit if you're betting on the money line. Total 24 and a half when the Atlas and the Redwoods face off. Um, I'm going to throw this right back your way, Hutton, because uh, you and Brian are kind of in lock, lockstep as how you're attacking this total. I just feel like, as I look at just this game being set up, not only the total number, but also seeing Atlas favored, there is a lot of recency bias into what happened in the draft and that, you know, all of us kind of agreed and a lot of folks on social media agreed too. the Atlas were kind of quote unquote winners in the draft. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with this opening number. Um, would you agree when you're looking at it from either a total perspective or a side perspective, again, Atlas Redwoods, one and a half point favorites are the Bulls. Yeah, I would agree. I, I really like the under here, um, under 24 and a half, just because given their history, I just feel like that total is a little bit high for a PLL game. Um, and I mean, not super high for a PLL game, but given their, their past two, the past two meetings between these teams, um, you know, you had an 11, 10 final in 2020. Now there are a lot of roster turnover, especially with the Atlas. So I don't know if you can really consider that. Um, but their last matchup was 12, nine. So I, I think, you know, just given the teams to make up, like, I think, like you said, they got better in the draft. Um, Cohen added to this defense. He's going to fit in seamlessly, kind of, you know, fill that void that they've had from Matt Landis. But they were a good defense last year, even without Cohen. So I think that defense is going to be, you know, just as good. Alice had Kobe Smith, um, who should help that defense that, you know, has also played pretty well recently. Um, you know, they, they could, is room for improvement for them. It'll be interesting to see who starts in cage for them, but, um, I don't think that really has an effect on this. I just think the way these teams play, um, you know, Atlas do tend to to play a little bit faster than most teams, but the Redwoods are a, a slow six-on-six six type of team. Um, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they played in a lot of games that went under the total set by them. So despite having all those weapons on offense, um, they like to slow it down. And uh, that tends to, you know, help 
the case when you're betting an under. So um, just at, at a glance, I like 24 and a half going under here. Uh, you know, you don't have to bet it right now, though, like you said, you can probably wait as it gets closer and we can kind of see, you know, who's going to be on these teams uh, after training camp. But um, if you do want to take a flyer right now, I think that's a good bet. Anytime we're talking about totals, anytime we're talking about unders, you know, Brian maybe has something to say to add to the plate there. So are you kind of attacking it a, a similar way? I mean, Hutton with a, a lot of good info there, um, anything to kind of add on that front, the under in that water area, excuse me, in that Redwoods game, one that I was kind of eyeing as well. Yeah, I'm very much on the same page as Hutton, and I could throw out a couple of other pieces of supporting information. Um, Joe Keown tweeted out a while ago that the Woods are like one of the slower teams, so to speak, in that they don't push a lot of transition. Um, they have at times struggled at the faceoff, so they tend to have to get the ball back from the other team and then push it up the field. But their offense is a very uh, 6v6 oriented, get the, get Miles Jones and Jules and Serge out on the, out on the field and then beat their matchups. Uh, pull defenders away from Rob Pinnell so he can ISO. There's not a lot of transition built into their strategy, so they tend to have a slow pace in scoring. Uh, meanwhile, Atlas does have a high rate of transition. Uh, they have Trevor Baptiste who can push the ball really fast, but the Redwoods have a really good defense that can stop that transition and in, uh, and the high-powered Atlas offense in the 6v6. So I think this is just going to be a rock fight. I think it might be a little bit of a sweat. The the 24.5 total, I think, is like right in the middle of the road of scores that we're going to see for the PLL. But even historically, um, and I don't usually like to use historical data, but there's not a lot of roster turnover in the PLL so far. So I think historical data within two years is pretty good. They haven't – these two teams in their matchups haven't hit uh, this line yet. It's been an under every time. So I think from a matchup perspective, from a history perspective, uh, I think this total is uh, surprisingly a little high. So I like the under, but I still think it's going to end up being a sweat. Yeah, and, you know, for what it's worth, yes, the Atlas, they deserve the public praise that they got for what they did in the offseason, what they did in the draft. But, like, let's not act like the Redwoods didn't get better, too, especially defensively, which is always kind of a strong point for them. Now, one thing that I feel like is going to keep me off betting Redwoods on the side, because that's that's the sheer look for me. Give me the one and a half. I would sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well with the Redwoods. It's probably what I'll bet closer to game time. I would wait maybe just because too, like you mentioned, like if the the Rock somehow find a way to win these next two games and advance to the NL Finals, TD will be out. Um, so that I think that actually really affects my handicap and why I would wait because if Baptiste is going up against somebody other than TD, the Atlas could play make it take it, and that could really lead this you know total to I, I think that the goal total to be going get out of hand if the Atlas are able to play their style, play make it take it. And, uh, you know, play at a faster pace. Again, even though the Woods defense is strong, um, I think TD playing Baptiste gives an advantage to the under because they're both able to kind of neutralize each other a little bit um, and make it a little bit more of an even fight. So, yeah, I would wait, you know, if the the Rock end up losing this weekend and it looks like, you know, TD is going to be available, um, you know, week one, then maybe you pull the trigger. But I, I just don't think, like you said, there's going to be that much line movement on these totals. So you're better off, you know, waiting you know, a day or two before week one and then get your bet. And then probably, even if you lose a little bit uh, of value on the, the juice there, I don't think it's going to be significant. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And, um, you know, I can't believe we're already, uh, what, about like 25 minutes in and we're talking about games that are three weeks uh, or, or, you know, two, two and a half weeks, some change away. Um, so last one that I want to get to, though, just because we get to uh, 
pat ourselves on the back a little bit is this Archers game. Archers two and a half point favorites. Not going to name any names. Not going to shame anyone. But there was a line that was posted, albeit briefly. We got a, a Archers on a plus two and a half at plus money opportunity. So that's why you're always refreshing your apps. That's why you're always, uh, you know, ready to go and ready to fire because we have set ourselves up for maybe the nicest sweat free cash archers plus two and a half. They of course are minus two and a half and total at 23 and a half. Um, You know, I'll be honest, Brian, you'll get the last word on this might still even be worth hitting archers laying the two and a half. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, I parts of the draft for the Chrome after losing so many pieces, they still feel like a semi incomplete team. And I think with the urgency that the archers need to just come in full throttle this season, I think they come in looking for a stomp. And uh, I, I think that they have a high probability of success. And I think this is one of like the rare times that I will at all back a minus two and a half in the PLL season, given what happened last year with the uh, plus spreads. But you don't have to, because you got that archers plus two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. But if you wanted to, you totally could. Now, the way that I'm probably going to attack it, to be honest with you guys, um, since I, I have the plus two and a half with archers, um, as it gets closer to game time, probably people are going to be betting archers. You know what I mean? When, when, when everybody starts coming in, they'll even see, oh, I'm only getting two and a half Chrome. They were one of the worst teams in the league last year. Boom, boom, boom. We're probably going to get a better price on Chrome closer to game time. I don't know if it gets to three and a half, but you definitely are probably going to have an advantageous two and a half. And then you just hope for a great game between the two teams and have money in your pocket. That's, that's going to be the best way to attack it. So that's our thoughts on the PLL slate. We know it's weeks away, but you can tell we're pretty big PLL guys here on the bet on lacrosse uh, podcast. So we'll, uh, we'll break those down more. Um, You know, hopefully player props become available. Um, You know, what I would love to see is these PLL markets to get so mature that we have like team totals. Oh my God. If we're able to dissect team totals and player props, I, I might, uh, it might just become my full-time job. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna dedicate round the clock. Let me break down PLL sides and totals and whatnot. That'll be fun to uh, continue to break down, but guys, we got quarterfinals this weekend. We got NC double a action. Want to remind folks you want to hop in, just hit that request button. We see it in an expedient manner. We'll, we'll get you in here. We'll get some of your NC double a plays. Any thoughts on maybe the future market as well, but, I think the best way to break it down, unless um, you know anybody uh, has any strong feelings on any of these games, is just swing on into our best bets because we have a, a wide range of things that we're kind of eyeing this week. So, JB, we haven't heard from you in a little bit, so let me throw it your way because your best bet is one I have racked my brain all week on trying to make a case for this side. I spent like a good like 45 minutes today diving in on trends and, and um, you know, looking at common opponents. I just couldn't find a way to talk myself into taking goals with the Blue Hens. I need you to do it for me, JB. The dogs are barking this week. I, I'll tell you that to get things started. I, I'm rolling with Delaware, you know, plus two and a half. And I was talking with Hutton a little bit before this, and there's a line discrepancy amongst the books there. 
I know there's a book on Caesars, I want to say it's minus one and a half. And, and with DraftKings, we're getting it at, um, excuse me, it's plus one and a half. And at DraftKings, we're getting that plus two and a half. So because of that line difference, I'm going to go ahead and take the plus two and a half. I think Delaware is going to be riding high off of their, their upset win over Georgetown. And, and looking at this Delaware schedule, um, yeah, they've had some some bad losses, but their wins have been pretty solid against good competition. And I think they'll be able to kind of bring that momentum that they sustained last week into this week, you know, with with things going the way they are and with class being now wrapped up. I think these boys will have all their attention towards this matchup this weekend. And I think we're going to get a close game. You know, I'm willing to risk two and a half against a uh, NCAA tournament team. So I, I think it's going to be a fair fight. It could go either way, but I'm going to roll with the underdog on this one. And, and Blueheads, they haven't been to the Final Four in, in 15 years. Yeah, 15 years or so. So I would love to see them get back there, and, and maybe they can maybe surprise us a little bit once again. Yeah, and I, for what it's worth, too, when they did go on that, you know, kind of Cinderella story run, if you want to call it that, they started it off by upsetting the two seed. So, you know, maybe maybe there's some potential Disney storyline magic in that one. Um, and I also think things that maybe people worry about when an underdog has a big win like that is the next week letdown spot. Now, the case that I would maybe make for Delaware is – I feel like any of that letdown spot is going to be alleviated by that, that little extra motivation that you could maybe say head coach Ben DeLuca, who is a former coach at, at Cornell. And it was kind of, you know, an, an abrupt firing or, you know, however you want to break it down. I just remember at the time there was a lot of, uh, a lot of hoopla around it. So, you know, I don't know if he's like, Oh, I want to stick it to him or whatever, but it's a guy who's definitely going to have his team understanding you know, hey, here's the spot that we're in. Here's what's in front of us. Um, so I think maybe that staves off any of the letdown. Now, Hutton, I'm going to swing it your way um, because, you know, you're, you're kind of banging the table for the Ivy League side in this one. Cornell looked very good last week. I don't even think that that score was indicative of just how dominant they were against Ohio State. Like there was there was never even any point, even when Ohio State was out to that lead to start the game that I was looking at it, like feeling good about the Buckeyes chances in that one. It just seemed, you know, after the momentum and I get it, you know, the lightning delay, you can say whatever you want about that. Cornell just looked really polished, man. Like, like I, I was impressed probably more so than anyone with what they were able to do, which is probably what kept me off of, you know, banging the drum and being the contrarian with JB on, uh, on Delaware. However, I will say with JB betting it, I'll probably bet it as well because then I'll at least just have him to bitch with it. If if it doesn't end up hitting, we can complain with each other. So, um, I, I mean, make the case for Cornell because I, I think it's probably a pretty easy case to make, Hunt. Yeah, I, I got to ride with Cornell here. You know, I loved it at minus two and a half. I got in early on that um, at minus 115. Then I saw Caesars. That's why you always line shop. We saw we have two gems from Caesars this week. We'll get to the other one that's in the NLL a little bit later, but um now you're only gonna have to have me lay at minus one and a half uh I, you know the juice is minus 160 so you know a little bit of, uh, of extra juice there but i still think that's worth it just to give that little a uh, bit of insurance um them only having to win by two as opposed to three cornell's played some really tight games they play down to opponents levels you know this year we've seen that against dartmouth we've seen it against syracuse um even in some ivy league competition against yale Penn State, they only won by one. So Cornell has shown to, like, play down to teams' levels. 
But I think with Delaware is they played a perfect game last week against Georgetown. They played a slow game. They played the best possible game to beat Georgetown, which Georgetown has a stout defense. And, you know, Delaware was able to be really efficient with their possessions, drawn out, and that's how they were able to win that game. I don't think you can do that against Cornell. Cornell has the firepower to kind of uh, match the offensive output. And I think Cornell, if they get into a uh, track meet and have their way, they're going to be able to put up a lot of points uh, against this Delaware team. Um, You know, I I love what I saw from Delaware last week. I just don't think they can really replicate it against this Cornell team. Um, I honestly think the line should have been whether or not, you know, be at two and a half, maybe even closer to three and a half in Cornell's favor. Um, So I think one and a half is a gift. Um, You know, I, Love what the Blue Ends have done and would love to see a Cinderella story, but I think it ends this weekend, and um, I think Cornell is probably pretty motivated that they get to face the Blue Hens instead of Georgetown this weekend. Yeah, and for what it's worth, and again, like these are false equivalencies saying, oh, well, when they ran in, in 2007, but it is just interesting that um, when Delaware did make it all the way past this next round, it was also after UMBC upset Maryland. So it wasn't like they were playing one of the top seeds um, you know, when, when they did pull that first round upset, they were playing a team that also was kind of riding that upset. And it was who was going to have the letdown spot. So, again, can't really equate those things. Completely different staffs, completely different teams. But just worth mentioning, it's a different spot. You know, if you're just trying to buy into the, oh, well, you know, they did it before. There's there's precedence. Um, it, it was a different uh, story. Cornell is is not UMBC of 2007, unfortunately. But. Um, you know, it's, it's always uh, not easy to talk me into uh, backing some dogs here. So before I get into my best bet, and if anybody wants to hop in, uh, share with, uh, share with their thoughts as well. Um, Hutton, do you have anything else to add on that before we, uh, before we move on? Yeah. The only thing I do have to add is, um, I kind of like given, you know, the fact that I like Cornell in this game, I kind of like a future on Cornell. Uh, I got them at plus 900. Um, you can get them plus 1100 if you're not in a, in New Jersey, the reason I got them for, uh, lower value is just because I can't bet Rutgers or Princeton. And that kind of leads me to what I was talking about earlier. If you're a New Jersey better or a Virginia better, um, if your team that you have a future on makes it to the championship and faces, you know, let's say I'm in New Jersey, they face a, a Rutgers or a Princeton, a team that um, that I have, uh, you win that bet. Now, I don't know what happens if we have a Rutgers-Princeton final, which would be great for the state of New Jersey, but I don't know if uh, – I don't think you'd push that. I think you'd still lose that bet. So that's something you got to be aware of. And Princeton and New Jersey – or and Princeton and Rutgers could play each other in the finals based on how this bracket is set up. So not really to people's advantage with that. Virginia is another interesting one, and I'll let kind of Brian touch a, a little bit on Virginia um, in a little bit, but – um, they're another one that if you're in Virginia, you can't bet a Virginia future. Uh, so that, that's another team though. Like if, if you like a team on this other side of the bracket, whether it's Cornell, Delaware, Penn, or, uh, Rutgers, you could bet them in the hopes that they face Virginia in the championship and your bet will already cash depending on the, regardless of that outcome. So something to be aware of. Um, it's not really, you know, I was really hoping we get Georgetown cause I feel like that would have been a good value spot. I feel like they could easily make it. Um, so now I'm kind of rooting for Princeton because um, even if, you know, it ends up being a Rutgers uh, Cornell, you know, final four, then, you know, I might have some hedge opportunities there. Um, you know, uh, in the, if I bet some other side of the, the bracket, but I won't be able to bet Rutgers. So it's just something to be aware of if you are betting these futures. Um, but I really like Cornell's chances to get to the final four, as I mentioned. Um, and then you're just, you know, a game away from that championship. Uh, so I definitely, Definitely think they're a good bet, um, and I'm going to see how this, you know, 
quarterfinal shakes out and see, you know, if we get a, a Virginia upset over Maryland or some other crazy things happen as well. You never know. And Brian, he kind of, you know, segues into what you're kind of eyeing. And I think the spots that you two are laying out is one of my favorite ways to use future markets to your advantage. It's not just, Hey, pick the winner at the beginning of the year. And then you get to tell everybody, look at how smart I am. There's some very real, if you think something is going to happen, you know, like a if then postulate, so to speak, is like, if you think this is going to happen, then bet this because it's going to set you up with a money making opportunity. It's, it's how I attacked the whip snakes last year in the PLL playoffs. And then I had a great opportunity where I had plus money on the whips as they faced off against the chaos in the finals, sweat free with some nice plus money both ways on that. And you have a pretty nice case and one that I was looking at as well. So we're in lockstep, I feel, this week, Brian, which which could be really good for us or really bad for us. What's your best bet this week, man? My best bet was originally going to be Rutgers plus one and a half at minus 145, even laying the juice. Uh, but uh, the line doesn't exist anymore. So for the show, I, wanted, I was scouring the board, and I kind of hated it this week. Uh, and I was staring – I was flirting with the idea of taking Virginia on the money line against uh, – against Maryland and MGM is giving that a uh, plus 400, which for Virginia is like an insanely good price. So I was really playing with that idea. And then I was looking at the futures market and Virginia is like the third lowest team on that list. Uh, So I was debating, uh, you know, whether or not to just go for the money line for this round or what, but I decided if they win, they have to go up against, uh, Yale or uh, Princeton, which are the only two teams with longer odds than UVA. And I think if UVA does manage to pull off this upset, then like you were just describing with your PLL situation with the whips and the chaos, I think UVA is going to be end up end up being favored by the books. So that way, I think I'm going to have a good hedge opportunity with plus money potentially either way by hedging with the money line with whoever UVA would face. Uh, but since I'm getting uh, a UVA future at plus 1200, I can put like literally a dollar on it, not even like a unit, like a literal dollar. And if they do go the whole way, I get 12 bucks. But if they don't, then I lose a dollar and I don't really care where I would, if I'm going to go plus 400, I would want to lay more money. So my, my idea is UVA future at plus 1200, literally lay a dollar, not a unit. And uh, if they do win celebrate, maybe DraftKings offers me a good cash out because their odds would change for the championship dramatically. So I think they'd offer me some good opportunity to cash or I could just go into the next round hedging. So it's really a look forward to the next round rather than a play specifically on this weekend. Yeah, I think a great thing that you break down, we're actually going to join in, uh, bring in a listener here because uh, Brandon hit me up before we even started our space and was kind of breaking down this same kind of thought process that we had going in, you know, finding value on a future. So welcoming in our guy, Brandon, uh, loyal listener, been uh, joining the spaces. He's been on with us before and is listening in. Always, always enjoy him, you know, interacting with our content we put out there. Welcome on in, my guy. What are you thinking for this future market, brother? Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. First off, uh, always enjoy listening and discussing this stuff on Twitter. Kind of have a mix of what Hutton and Brian were talking about. So I'm in New Jersey, and Hutton just uh, explained the situation as far as if a New Jersey team gets there and wins, you you win on the runner-up. As a whole, my big play last weekend, just two units, was what I was calling the Parkway Parlay, Princeton and Rutgers money line. 
That worked out well. I think those two teams are in a good position to win again this week. And looking on the other side of the, or looking on one side of the bracket, I think Rutgers is probably the most complete team on the board. I think that Rutgers has a good chance to get to the finals um, is what I'm getting at on that side. So when we look back on the other side, we have Virginia and Maryland. I think Maryland's going to roll. But if UVA can pull it off, as we know upsets happen, and UVA has the pedigree, those odds in New Jersey are plus 1,100. A quarter unit wins you 2.75 units. That's enough for me to sprinkle on there and say, hey, if they get through, um, you know, I'm sitting on a hot ticket of plus 1,100. I think they can go all the way or meet Rutgers in the finals, which is great at plus 1,100 in my opinion. So I'm definitely going to sprinkle on it, um, probably just a quarter unit. We'll see what happens. If Maryland rolls them, it is what it is. But if UVA can pull it off, I think I'm in a great position to cash with UVA plus Rutgers. Yeah, I, I love those kind of I love those kind of opportunities. And I, and I think it's a great way to kind of attack it. And again, use the future market to your advantage. You're not going to get these plus prices otherwise. And sure, you know, like you're saying, throw a quarter unit. That's fine. You know what I mean? That's why we have bankroll management. So when you have an opportunity to potentially have some of these quote unquote longer shots and you know now we have a shrunken field you know what I mean now it's not you're picking a needle in a haystack you're picking teams that have major opportunities um you know that uh, that you could potentially have some nice plus money now Hutton you'll get to have the last word on this uh before we uh, you know keep rolling on still have my best bet and then we'll get into some NLL action if anybody else wants to hop in on their NCAA thoughts just hit that request button and we'll grab you in here now but uh Hutton the pizza man what do you got for the folks? I, I just want to add, like, I like what Brandon was saying because that's kind of the thing, the best, I think, case scenario for New Jersey better. I personally don't think Maryland's going to lose, so that's why it was tough for me to kind of justify it, even though I think UVA does have a chance to win this game. But that's my – I think if you like Virginia to potentially upset Maryland, that is the play that Brandon laid out. I really like what he's laying out. I personally couldn't justify it because I kept looking. I'm like, all right, how do I play this? And in my mind, I just still can't see Maryland um, not winning this championship. So that was tough for me because I didn't want to lay, you know, minus, I think it's minus 200 uh, to bet a future on Maryland. And that's kind of what made it difficult. And I went the other side of the bracket, hoping that Princeton gets there and bet in a Cornell future. But if you, uh, like he, I think he laid out a great case for Rutgers. And I do think Rutgers is a, a, has a great chance of making it to the championship. Uh, Virginia is probably the play. Because uh, even if you do maybe like Yale, um, you're, you can probably wait till the next round if Yale advances past Princeton and play it that way. So you, I wouldn't jump on Yale yet until you see how they do, because they're going to be underdogs, whether they're playing UVA or Maryland, if they do get past Princeton. How would you feel about this? What about a play on Maryland minus four and a half for a unit? That way you end up with three different scenarios. One, if Maryland wins big as predicted, you win one unit on Maryland minus the quarter unit on UVA. If UVA wins, you got a hot ticket for plus 1,100. Now, the third one is there is a death zone. If UVA keeps it close, we watch a good lacrosse game and you lose 1.35 units, which what Dan said, that shouldn't be a killer if you manage your bankroll and unit size. Yeah, I don't hate it because uh, I just think that, you know, if you if you really like Maryland, you probably like them a lot because you think they can – 
beat UVA pretty handedly. So I don't hate that at all. Um, I'm definitely going to consider maybe maybe doing that because um, I was eyeing this UVA future, but at the end of the day, I just don't know if I can uh, can justify it. But um, that would be a nice way to kind of hedge. Obviously, you know, you have that area where if Maryland only wins by three uh, or four or less than that, um, then, you know, and UVA loses, you, you kind of miss out. But like you said, I think you can make that money back um, playing some other sides, you know, and, you know, if Maryland advances, you can continue to ride them on the spread just the way they've been playing um i think they're going to be heavily heavily favored against uh whoever they face um in the next uh round uh even if it is princeton who gave them a good game in the past but um yeah i I don't hate that at all i think that's a good uh good potential scenario for betters to play yeah and i only love that so much because of how complete rockers looks on the other side like you could get a free pass if if UVA squeaks by a couple more rounds and then they meet Rutgers. So a plus 1100 is just too much value for basically getting UVA and Rutgers. But uh, thanks guys. I, I love listening to the show. Love interacting with you guys on Twitter. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Brandon. And right back at you, man. We're all helping each other. And how about that, man? We got the smartest listeners in the betting space. He's coming on with 1.35 units and, you know, breaking down the dead zones and everything. Huge thanks to Brandon hopping on in here. Uh, That's why we like doing these live Twitter spaces because, you know, like the hive mind part, it's not always going to arrive you at the right play. But exchanging ideas is always going to be able to bolster your handicap, make you feel better about taking money out of your pocket and betting it on things because I don't know everything. You know, Brian doesn't know everything. Justin doesn't know everything. Hutton doesn't know everything. You, the listener, doesn't know everything. But when we all bring a little bit to the table, I think we're going to arrive at the best plays possible. And that's why we love doing this this live version as opposed to the ways that we've been recording uh, in the past. So, all right, I'll get into my best bet before we get into some NLL action this weekend. I, much like Brian, loved it. When Rutgers was getting a goal and a half, I've been making all money all year long, fading Penn when they are favorites. Now, I think a lot of people are seeing what I was kind of seeing because Penn is now the underdog in this game. But if you shop around, you're still able to get Rutgers on the money line at minus 120. If you if you only have DraftKings, you can get it 130. I still think that there's value there. Give me Rutgers on the money line. And for some reasons, we kind of laid out on the show thus far. So I'll try and keep it brief. Five of Penn's 11 wins were by one goal. They've gone to overtime four times. They're nicknamed the Cardiac Quakers, right? You know, and, and in my opinion, that might not necessarily be a good thing. It's a team. It's it's like a team who in football season, you know, constantly coming from behind in the NFL and it has to, you know, the, the other shoe has to drop at some point, you know, Hutton experienced that as a Ravens fan, you know, a team that constantly was fighting back. I'm sorry, Hutton, I had to do it. Uh, You should be healthier this year. The Ravens will be fine. But it, to me, some people look at that as, Oh, they're battle tested to me. It's that the other shoe has to drop at one point. I just don't think it's sustainable. And now you're playing a Rutgers team who's coming off their highest scoring game in tournament history. They have the best clearing percentage in Division I lacrosse. They're allowing just a little over 11 goals per game. They've allowed single digits in five contests this season. 
And they're walking into this game with some swagger. They just beat Harvard by 10 goals. Back in April, Penn hardly escaped against Harvard despite trailing at halftime, despite being outscored in the fourth quarter. So you look at common opponents and Rutgers just beat down one that gave Penn nearly all they could handle. Look, it boils down to the simple fact that Rutgers is walking with all kinds of confidence. They're going to a place in Hofstra where it'll be their second time this year. I know it might be a false equivalency because they were playing Hofstra. They scored 22 goals, did Rutgers, the last time that they stepped foot on this field. They also will be stepping foot on the same field they lost in the quarterfinals last year. I'm just saying, give me Rutgers, laying it on the money line, minus 120. Best bet for me in NCAA action this weekend. I wish we were still getting that one and a half, Brian, but will survive. Uh, Let's get in, guys, to the NLL slate. You know, we're going a little bit long here, but um, that's what we do. we got three leagues to talk about. When you do almost 30 minutes on the league that doesn't start until June 4th, you're probably going to have a little bit longer of an episode. Also want to remind folks, if you want to hop in here, I saw our boy Brad was uh, was trying to hop in a couple times. We just missed you on that request button. So if you want to hop in here before we swing on over to the NLL, Brad, hit us with a request. Uh, any of the other listeners you want to hop in, give us some of your thoughts on NLL action, PLL action, or NCAA. Just hit that request button and we'll get you in here. Lickety split. Um, let's get into it guys though. While, uh, while we wait for maybe any other listeners who are going to be hopping in here, um, NLL, uh, the ending of that bandits game injected into my veins because dear God, if we, if we can get that every single week here in the NLL playoffs, like you need to dual screen it when these other games are on. Like if you're an NBA fan, Get a little side screen. Get get the app on your phone, ESPN Plus app, and watch these NLL games because sports fans, you're missing out if you're not watching. Because it, it has, you know, a lot of people say NHL playoffs are the best, and rightfully so because you're getting always the best effort from players. You're getting, um, you know, rivalry series. We have the battle, um, you, you know, between uh, two Canadian teams up north, you know, and, and I just, I love NHL playoffs you're getting a taste of like NHL playoffs with what the NLL's doing with these series, um, you know, sets up good zigzag spots. So I'm going to throw it your guys way Hutton and Brian Hutton. Uh, you can kind of just, you know, overview, um, you know, just the NLL playoffs as a whole and some of the value that we're seeing this week. Cause I'm just like you. I, I love the play that we have for the folks in NLL action this weekend. Yeah. It's been tough to bet the NLL um, this year. It's just because the league, there's so much parity and uh, you know, these lines are, are really tight this weekend as well. But just to look back at last weekend, Mammoth upset the seals. Um, I definitely think they were live to win. I had them included in a parlay and I think Brian was on them uh, to a the plus one and a half as well. So they're now one game away from the championship um, going back home to the loud house, which is a tough place to play. Um, so kind of leaning towards that this week. I'll talk about that a little bit later. I don't know if I'm going to bet them just because how tight these games have been. Um, and then the bandits and rock, we had our, uh, one of our pro lacrosse bets was, uh, the under in that game, which was dead before we could even, uh, probably turn on the screen. And then, uh, the other play we had was Toronto plus one and a half. And that did cash, uh, thanks to a goal with less than 10 seconds left. Rock almost tied this game up. They ended up scoring that goal to pull within one went down TD Erland won the face off. They went down and hit the pipe. <laughs> um, so bandits hold on by the skin of their teeth and now are one game away from the championship. But 
I'm so glad we're getting a three game series for these two teams. Uh, hopefully we get to three games, you know, it could be over in game, in game two, but uh, I wish we could get a seven game series because it's, it's just been such great lacrosse the whole year uh, between these two teams. And uh, we'll get to it a little bit later, but I think whoever wins this is going to win the championship, which kind of sets yourself up for some other potential future plays. Um, if you do agree with me in the fact that it will be an East champion uh, this year, but we like to play in this. Uh, so I'll toss to Brian in the, the bandits Toronto rock game too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see an East Coast champion, uh, champion, and I think just watching that Bandits Rock game, I felt like I was watching a championship game, and I think that's how the quality of the series is going to continue. Uh, I was really, I was really uh, surprised by how high scoring both of the games were, uh, particularly because as I when we previewed the playoffs in general, we were talking about how many good goalies and good defenses were uh, still in the playoffs going into the second round, and only the overs hit. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with how scrambly both of the games were. And for whatever reason, Nick Rose and uh, uh, Matt Vince just weren't seeing the ball that well that night. This week coming up, I, I'm kind of expecting teams to try to slow it down. I think if the Rock want to stay in and the Seals want Seals want to stay in contention, I think those are both teams that thrive in a little bit more settled uh, 5v5 uh, and, and stop the transition, which I think the Bandits – and the Mammoth, particularly, uh, as the season has gone on, they've they've found success in very scrambly situations. We saw that in both games against the Roughnecks, where they almost came back the week before the playoffs, and they managed to kind of push ahead to get the playoff win against the Roughnecks. So I think the Seals need to really slow, uh, slow the game down and stop the Mammoth's push, and uh, the Rock really need to hold it down on the defensive end if they want to go to game three as well. So I, I'm really excited. I think we're going to see some Rock fights this week as well. And so for my best bet, I'm going to double down on my under from last week. And this week uh, we're getting a 23 and a half for the Bandits Rock instead of a 22 and a half. We got 22 and a half last week, right? We get 24 and a half on Caesars. I just saw was posted today. Um, minus 115. So you'd actually even be laying more to go under 23 and a half on DraftKings or BetMGM. So if you like that under 24 and a half on Caesars, if you have Caesars available. And as always, line shop people because that Caesar in particular has been a gold mine for me waiting and seeing what they were going to post because I always feel like they differ on the lines, whether it's by half or one point. Um, and usually it's in the better's advantage or at least uh, the play that I like. So if you like the under, under 24 and a half, if you like the over, which me and Brian don't recommend, then you could go 23 and a half. To add to your point and to continue along with the, with the underplay, Caesars 24 and a half is the first 24 and a half we've seen for the entire NLS season. So that is the highest line that we've seen offered from any book, um, any of the major books. I don't really pay attention to the, like offshores or anything if they offer lines. Um, but just to add to the, to the point about the under, I keep, I keep bragging about how good these goalies are. And maybe that's, maybe I jinxed it last week or something, but I actually reached out to the guy who runs the NLL uh, stat or, or fact of the day account I asked him to look into the historical performances of Nick Rose and Matt Benz and he said when those two teams have matched up with those two goalies and they play at least 45 minutes uh Nick Rose has only performed uh only has had that low of a seed percentage twice before that and Matt Benz once and Nick Rose particularly in his whole career has only had a save percentage lower than last week like three times total or four times total. It's a very low number. So last week was like such a huge anomaly that I, I just feel the need partially from pride and partially because of how abnormal that was to double down on my, uh, 
on my assessment of this matchup. And it plays to our advantage. Like I said, I was texting you when this game was high scoring and we were kind of laughing. We're like, well, the, the under's dead, but I, I said, I'm like, if we get a 24 and a half, I'm hammering that under next week. And then it opened at 23 and a half. And I was like, all right, I still kind of like it. And then I saw on Caesars 24 and a half. So sometimes it goes back to like, you know, even if your play loses, it can kind of set you up in these series to kind of, you know, still double down or at least, you know, use what you saw last week. And, you know, I think I agree with you, the eye test that this game just kind of got out of hand pretty quickly scoring wise. Um, I think these goalies will reel it in. I think they'll come down to earth uh, in game two. Yeah, and I'm wondering, too, because uh, we talked a lot about, you know, how to attack the futures market once playoffs roll around and potentially finding some value there. So, um, you know, before we kind of do our recap and, of course, open it up to any listeners, if you have any plays you want to throw in, any questions that you have, we'd love to hear from you. But, um, Hutton, I know that you have a way that you're kind of eyeing to maybe break down this uh, this Rock and Bandit series uh, if you're uh, if you're backing the uh, the Buffalo side. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to bet this myself yet. I'm trying to, you know, feel it out because I, I do really like The Rock potentially to still steal this game too. But if you like the Bandits to win the championship, I suggest betting them on the futures market right now. You can get a minus one of five, I think, on uh, DraftKings. I think that's the best I saw um, just because they're three games away from a championship. So three more wins and – they have the NLL championship uh, value is not going to be any better. I don't think you're going to get that good of value playing the individual money line, because I think the rock or the bandits are going to be favored against whoever comes out of the West, whether that be the seals or mammoth. So that's why I like, if you like the bandits bet them on the futures market right now, before game two, if you like the rock to potentially win this series, I would wait till game three, just make sure you don't throw your money away. If they end up losing game two, wait till game three, Odds will probably be you know, a little bit less value, but you'll still get a good enough value and then bet them um, if you like them to win the championship. So it really depends on if you like Buffalo or Toronto, but I believe those are the two teams that are going to win this championship. So that's how I would attack the futures. I would attack it this round um, rather than trying to back them on the money line and uh, the, you know, the championship, because I just think they're going to be favored no matter who they play, uh, whether it's the Seals or Mammoth. That's Hutton Jackson. Check him out on Pro Lacrosse Talk. He's the host. He's also a producer over there with Action Network. So you want to be a part, drop some of your plays, some of your thoughts on the lacrosse slate for this week and upcoming weeks as well. Hit that request button. We'll get you in before we wrap. While we, uh, while we get that lined up, let me take you in the time machine, bring you on back to what we started the show with, a little recap here. Some look-ahead bets we have in PLL action. My man JB, Justin Byers, a front office sports business writer. He's looking at laying it with the water dogs minus one and a half. Brian laying out, you guessed it, and under in the Atlas and Redwoods game. 24 and a half is the number. Maybe even play a little archers two and a half. One you can probably wait on as we get closer to the game. Um, also back in that under Hutton Jackson, that Redwoods Atlas under. I'm looking towards backing the Redwoods as well, but I'm not rushing to bet it. We all got in on that value on the whip snakes before that dried up. They're now 185 favorites on the money line. In NCAA action, I'm laying it on the money line with Rutgers. Give me Rutgers. If you can only do it at 130, I still think there's value there. You can get it on at uh, BetMGM at minus 120 right this moment. Justin says the dogs are barking back the blue hens plus two and a half brian breaking down a very good money making opportunity a little extra money opportunity taking uva plus 1200 
on DraftKings. Hutton putting on the boxing gloves, going toe-to-toe with our man JB. He's saying maybe worth laying the minus 160 to back Cornell, minus one and a half if you have the line available for you on Caesars, or maybe even lay the two and a half. That's minus 130 there. Also broke down a good opportunity to maybe sprinkle on Cornell future opportunity especially if you know you're a better in virginia you're new jersey better um some value since you are not able to bet on those teams yet still get some tickets home and then in nll action we're back in the under in the bandits and rock game under 24 and a half highest total we've seen all season long and we're going right back to the well hopefully we're coming out with some cash out of the well there so excellent job huge thanks to brandon hopping in there uh huge thanks to brad attempting to hop in there until Hutton took the words out of his mouth. You know, great minds think alike after all. Huge thanks to everybody for tuning in, and big thanks to these guys taking time out of their day to join us here for the bet on lacrosse. So to wrap it, there you go. Those are our plays for Brian Andrews, for Hutton Jackson, for Justin Byers. I'm Dan Alexander, and we'll talk to you next week, not even hopefully, with extra money in our pockets. Have a great week of betting and good luck to everybody. Thanks again.